0: Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. and welcome to Mother Rewriting the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. I am so excited to have my guest today, Lily Geyer, be on the podcast. And this is a thrill for me on many levels. But first, I want to just let her say hi, and then I'll say a little bit about her and we'll go from there.
1: Hi, and thanks so much for having me, Gertrude. I've been equally as excited, if not more, um, to talk to you today. So thanks for having me. Woohoo.
0: All right. Well, let me just share a little bit, a few highlights about Lily. So, Lily is an entrepreneur. She started her own business, Philia, which is a zero alcohol aperitivo, my favorite on the market. And I'm not just saying that because I like her. It really is. It's fantastic. But her journey, the story. I've just been continuously inspired by everything that's happening around you, this brand. And I will also mention that she's one of my daughter, Morgan's besties. And uh, I've gotten to know her over the years and have a huge appreciation for you and what you're doing. And it's a really big deal. So... Oh, Thank you, because um, it matters, and yes, it's not. You know, there's a lot of levels to why it matters, and you know what you're doing. But why don't we just kind of jump in with, if you don't mind, just kind of sharing your story, how you got to be doing this, and the founder and and CEO of Felia.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I basically started my career right after college working in beauty, which was kind of funny because it's so opposite of what I do now, I feel like. Um, but basically, uh, in the first two years of my career, post-grad, learned how to really, I think, grow a lot of small brands, nurture them, you know, gain this traction with community. A lot of like in real life uh, activations, you know, retail moments. So kind of just got all aspects of what it was like to have a small brand and to be a part of that community. And then, you know, during COVID, I realized that all habits were changing. You know, people were developing new habits, especially when it, you know, related to drinking. I think people really just wanted a ritual at the end of the night. And I think that because of that, people were drinking a lot more than they were used to or a lot more than they would have liked. Um and Definitely came to a part of my career where I wanted to do something that I was passionate about, but wasn't really sure, you know, if I'm going to do something on my own, you really have to care about it. You really have to believe in it. I think I realized that this was the only thing that I cared about this much. And from coming from a background of growing up with an alcoholic parent, my dad was an alcoholic for most of my life that I can remember. And just realizing how many, you know, options were not available to those who didn't drink at the time. I think that, you know, seeing how many, items around the shelf from this space is just so powerful. So many brands, I mean, awesome brands that really care about this space that emerged at that time. Um, That just didn't exist at the time you would go to a restaurant and if you were a non-drinker, you were Like, you know, you know, you were ordering a Mm -hmm. soft drink or ordering like, you know, sparkling water with orange juice or just something mixed with fruit juice that just tasted like super juvenile and Mm -hmm. it wasn't very sophisticated. You didn't feel a part of the community in that way. You kind of felt like, oh, I'm drinking a mocktail. It's lesser than, it's not as great. It's on the back of the menu. It's, you know. So came to that time in my life and started Felia and pulled it together pretty quickly, I will say, Mm -hmm. launched by uh, the end of April of 2021.
0: You know that's so interesting, Lily, because I would have sworn you started this before COVID. Like time crazy? is so it felt like strange. It's been for forever. I know. Yeah. I mean, not like oh, you've been doing this forever, but wow. You know, it's just coming up on two years. Okay, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're gonna look at a, a number of like avenues, you know, regarding yeah. this. But I've seen it written, you know, and when you share the story about growing up with your dad who actually passed away, right, if you want to, if it's okay to mention that, you know, as a result of, you know, complications with alcoholism, that in addition to wanting to provide something, you also are giving back proceeds. Right, if you want to share a little bit about
1: that too. Yeah, so when I started kind of thinking about what this brand would mean to people, um, I think that the story was, it it really is just the basis of what this is all, Mm -hmm. what it comes from. I, there was no way in which we weren't going to find a community to give back to, especially, you know, when it comes to addiction. So partnership and addiction felt like the right organization. Uh, They were so kind, so enthusiastic to work with us. So basically, you know, formed this relationship with them where we not only give proceeds with every purchase of Philia to Partnership and Addiction, but we've already had, you know, friends and family members of Philia um, run the marathon and raise money for Partnership and Addiction. Or every mm-hmm. year, you know, when it comes to like Alcohol Awareness Month, I always raise money for Partnership and Addiction. Or on the anniversary of my father passing, um, which is the day after my birthday, I mm-hmm. always try to, you know, raise money as well. So I think that that's been really a core part of the ethos of our brand. Um, and on top of that, we're also members of One percent for the planet. So, a lot of brands are and it's really great. It's a great way to, you know, find these organizations that all have some sustainability element to it. And we actually found an organization called Harlem Grown based in New York City. And they actually, the founder was talking to me when I met him in person, he was saying that he actually struggled with addiction himself. And this is what helped him get out of that. So it all kind of ties together. And it's all part of this bigger meaning that I think that I've, I wouldn't be able to do this without that. So
0: yeah. Well, and I want to mention that because, you know, we measure success in a lot of different ways. Right. And in our culture, it's more about is the brand successful? You know, are you are you making money? Is it, you know, are you going to are you doing this to like get bought out? You know, it's all like so much about that and not I mean, I all for that as a component. Right. and But yeah. what you're talking about is success in uh, helping people and caring yeah. and having, you know, a brand that, you know, not only making a positive difference in the people who are buying it and drinking it, but, you know, beyond that and the ripple effects. And I mean, I, that's just naming a couple. I also wanted to, you know, hear you talk about or, you know, acknowledge you're a young woman starting a brand. and Yeah that is a thing, you know, in itself. So can you share a bit about what it's like being a young woman, you know, launching a brand into the world and this market
1: yeah I think that it's definitely interesting doing this as a young woman. like I said, I had never started a business before. I can't say that many of my peers are also doing what I'm doing right now, so it's also very <laughs> isolating, you know what I mean? I'm like, who do I turn to that you know really like yeah well, you're honesty. underestimated.
0: you're twenty six. you started this two years six. ago when you were twenty four and yeah, no, you know this it's not the typical path. Right. Like right out of college. Right. Like it's maybe down the line, you know, maybe after they've.
1: Yeah. I mean, it felt like
0: that's a big leap.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a big leap. I think that I definitely would have felt more scared to do it if I weren't. So if I didn't have that fire inside of me Mm -hmm. from my background of just wanting this to be in the world, wanting this to be something that people can turn to and also a community where we're talking about it. Cause honestly, like I don't know of any other brands that are really talking about addiction, honestly. And a lot of the people that I think I've heard from or read articles about or um, podcasts, it's a lot about the addict themselves. And I think that at first I was really hesitant to talk about my experience because I was like, is it, you know, if I'm not the addict, can I, you know, can I speak so honestly about this? And then I kind of had a second to myself where I was like, this is my experience. Like, I think that if there's anything that we know about this disease is that it's a family disease. Like it infects Mm -hmm. everyone. It's so uh, crippling for everyone. So that's what gave me, I think the confidence to be able to share my own story so publicly because, like, I mean, I've never done that before in my life. I'd never. So um,
0: vulnerable.
1: Oh my yeah, gosh, it's, Right. And it's really crazy how much I find out about myself as I do this. And even, you know, you were talking about like different metrics of success. I, I totally feel that. Whereas, like, you know, we're, we have zero outside funding, we're bootstrapping. Even then we've made a good amount of money and we've, you know, we're pretty well known. And I think that we've made it as far as we possibly could with the money we've used and the people Mm -hmm. that were the manpower, uh, the woman power, I should say, actually, because we're all female um, backed brands but I still just, you know, the things that are the most meaningful to me is when people reach out and they're like, wow, thank you for sharing your story. I have never shared this before, but you know, hearing you talk so openly about it has made me feel comfortable talking about that. So that's really all that I care about. Like if this all failed tomorrow, which I don't think it will. Um, (laughs) obviously, uh, that this has all been enough for me. Like it's, Like it's been everything. So isn't that beautiful?
0: Like how many people, you know, can say that or even, and I'm not saying you, oh, I'm going to do this as a growth and development activity, right? Like my coach told me I should start a business that will, you know, help me, you know, work on heal family wounds, you know, around alcoholism and look at myself, like, but I think there we do have those inklings inside, right? We might not be able to name it, you know, it wasn't like. I mean, it was the fire that you said, but it it wasn't because you expected, it was just you cared and you wanted to like do something with that caring, right? Right, (laughs) I mean, there's no guarantee (laughs) it's gonna work
1: out. No one was like, hey, do it. This is your time to do it. Everyone's like, Mm -hmm. are you sure? Like, what even is a non-alcoholic, off,
0: Apertivo, like
1: mocktail, mocktail, aperitivo. Like no one even knew what it meant. And now it, it's a bigger space. But at that time, mm. it was like kind of at the beginning of it where everyone was looking at me like I was crazy. And so I just had to keep moving forward with this belief that I had. You know, I'm like, I believe in this. And you know, thank God it worked out. But um, yeah, it was not anything that I for sure knew would be what it is now. Just crazy.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to underline that again, like what a difference that makes when we have a, you know, more of a, a bigger vision, right. And not like just, again, we're, you know, we're just trained to be so goal oriented, right. Like, Ooh, like I'm going to start a business. Oh, I kind of, ca- I care about this, you know, but will it make money and, right. you know, and everything's got to, you know, drive us toward that aspect. But when the visions Bigger, you still want to grow the brand and do it, but yeah. not just you know to to meet that financial goal. Like the financial goal has like bigger ramifications. Like oh, we can get you know more of a message out. We can help more people, and totally. you know how amazing you know is that. So I think I just want to keep underlining that because I think to me, you know, I talk a lot on the show about masculine, feminine, and kind of balancing the yin and the yang, and you know we're in a very yang culture and environment where You know, it's about the like logical process and, you know, having it proven and, you know, for sure business plan and, you know, like those things are good. But in support when it's then in support of the feminine aspect of it, then those things kind of take their proper place, you know, when they're all that it's about, you know, and it doesn't mean you still might not like do well with that goal. You know, you created a really lovely product and, uh, it could, you know, it could have done fine. It's not, you know, you don't do that caring part. Like, Oh, maybe if I care about it, then I'll make money, you know? Right. (laughs) It's It's so crazy.
1: It's definitely a labor of love. And I think that there are, you know, the thing now is there are so many other brands out there right now that have millions in backing and they've reached, you know, this many, you know, people with marketing and stuff. And we don't have the money to do that right now. You know, I think that we, you know, plan to scale and plan to fundraise and plan to keep up with that. But what's really awesome is that we got to know our brand. Like we really yeah. got to know We got to know our product. We got to know our people. We got to know the people we've been working with. Every vendor, every person, like, I feel like I've actually spoken to and know their name and have, like, shaken their Mm -hmm. hand if I were COVID. And I obviously couldn't do that. (laughs) Every Most store owners we've spoken to, like, we really got to know people. And I don't think many brands can say that when you grow that quickly. So Mm -hmm. I think that also kind of goes, you know, that's all baked into the community that we're trying to build when we do talk about addiction and you know speak honestly about at least my experience with addiction and what I've realized is also when I am speaking to some random label vendor or box vendor or bottle or ingredient we'll tell them the story right off the bat when we're explaining what the brand is and they'll be like oh wow me too I actually grew up with an alcoholic parent myself or I was battling with addiction you know and like how powerful is that also Mm -hmm. that you know they, they would have probably never shared that with anyone had we not opened up first so it's like right. you give that, that invitation to talk about that stuff. And it literally manifests in every sense of the brand and every like small vein that, you know, is the makeup of this. So it's just so awesome. That's that. really like, all I care
0: about. So yeah, I teared up again, as you said that, because that's so beautiful, you know, because, you know, and then you don't know the ripple effects from there. Right. And not like you have to, but if they felt a space to open up there, who knows, you know, where that might lead or, or take them, you know, on that journey. And I, I know I've talked on the show and have done a segment on dry January. And so obviously my audience knows that, you know, my husband and I chose to stop drinking when, well, it's probably been 30 years now back before, you know, right. Way back when you didn't even call it like getting sober. It was just like you didn't, not drinking anymore, right? Right. And you kind of assumed if if you didn't drink, that just must have meant you were an alcoholic. You know, but we, so it was one or the other, right? You were drinking and it's definitely one of the best choices we ever made as a, I think individually, but also as a couple to remove something. And, you know, I will admit that when we first did it and I was like, oh my God, this is like... Well, first, it was really hard. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, right. you know, I did it as an experiment. Like, oh, I wonder what that would be like. I knew somebody who was doing that. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think that'll be a big deal. And no, it was a big deal. You know, it was right. a big deal to show up at family events and not drink anything. And I was in my 20s and, you know, to yeah. like go out socializing. Like, it was at the very first time I went out, I, I literally like came home and got sick. Right. Like, we were, oh, it was, it was a family. We were, on a family trip with my husband's side of the family, you know, and the typical thing we would do when we would go be with family was drink a lot, you know, how you medicate and, you know, kind of deal with family stuff sometimes. And after that first night, I literally was in bed for the rest of the weekend. I was like, Oh, I guess this is like a bigger deal than I thought, you know, and I love that there is, you know, obviously we want it to be so much more, but you know, there is the sober curious and the, you know, the sober movements and thinking more about like even our health or consciousness. But it was one of those things we decided like, well, we could like, you know, limit or this, but it's just, to me, it's too powerful of a substance. Like it has yeah. just very powerful energy, you know, and, and we, Kind of don't really treat it with the respect that it has, you know, or that it, that I think it needs. And uh, we're just inculturated. So, but I was a little like a little righteous about it at first and like, everyone should do this. Da, da, da. Well, you know, not everyone wants to. <laughs> right. They're not bad people because, you know, <laughs> they're not making the choice I am. So I had to get more comfortable with it and be okay. And then, yeah. gee, then suddenly like people around me weren't making a big deal out of it either. So anything that normalizes it makes it like, oh, this is another choice. Like, okay, like, you know, and so it doesn't have to feel so all or nothing because of the pressure to drink and not just like have a glass of wine. But like, if I'm drinking, I got to get drunk or whatever, you know, and it's just uh, so damaging to our poor little bodies. But that's, you know, a whole I know. I mean, I
1: think once you realize how great you feel, if you, you know, go a month or even, you know, a little over that, I think you really start to feel just like you know, you're sleeping better, you look better, you feel better it's hard to go back and it's hard you know you want to tell your friends oh my god I did this and I feel incredible without being judgmental or right. you know because you know like you're saying at that time when you were you know you didn't want to drink anymore that's I feel like where I'm at right now where I do have an you know an occasional glass of wine but that's mostly for the taste and I think that I, I say this all the time like if someone can come up with a really great non-alcoholic tasting wine then I'm happy to give up wine because I'm mm-hmm. just doing it for the taste I'm not yeah. like oh I want to get wasted tonight. And I think that I just feel like a million times better when I don't do it. And I notice that, let's say I do have that glass of wine and, and my body's not used to having it. I'll just have like so much anxiety. I won't sleep well. And I'll be like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? But you know, it's, it's really, such a great thing for you but again like I try not to like you're saying be judgmental about it or and you know I don't try to you know get my friends to do it if they don't seem like they want to but a lot of them honestly are open to it which is really great
0: Um, I know I love that yeah it's awesome Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Nehal, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go. It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Well, and I know you said this at the beginning and I, I mean, I went years and years where, you know, the there weren't options, right? It, it was, you know, Oh, You want something alcoholic, you have soda pop
1: mm-hmm.
0: or iced tea, you know, yep. or juice, you yeah, know, and that was kind of, yeah. and you know, every now and then I would think to ask, like, oh, could I have that drink without alcohol, you know, like a right, like a virgin or oh, something, yeah. a virgin, yeah, so you could do that, but to then have things that are so specifically made, and then I think, like, then I think there was, I've tried, I've tried a lot, you know, I've tried a lot of them, yeah, and some of them, you know, because alcohol is an acquired taste, which, you know, is a thing like it doesn't really initially like, I don't know if there's anyone who would say they tasted their first anything alcoholic and we're like, yum, you know, like, yeah, this is like, so tasty. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we acclimate to it, right. Where mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the ones I would try, like felt like they had to be like super weird, you know, or like, right. ooh, like this is, mm, yep. you know, I, I'm gonna have to get used to this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But and I didn't think yours. That's why I loved yours because it's, mm-hmm. it's you know something that has. And obviously, not everybody likes every flavor, but it's you know anything that's put in front of them. But I've tried right. a lot of things, and yeah. it feels like I'm drinking a mature drink. Um, I did wear, yeah. in case you're wondering, I did wear red today for I the love that. color, I, not- the brand Ooh. color. <laughs>
1: You know, I I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because when I was looking into the brands that were out there, a lot of them were non-alcoholic spirits. So they were like non-alcoholic gin, non-alcoholic whiskey, non-alcoholic tequila and gin. That to me doesn't really, I mean, no ill will or anything against those brands, but I just think that, you know, it's. To me, a little counterintuitive. Like you're saying, who really likes the taste of those things? Like, that's the point of a shot, right? When you're just trying to get a buzz on, you're taking the shots so you don't really have to sip on it. Cause, like, <laughs> man, you know, but I think that that was something that really, you know, I did not want to mimic the taste of alcohol. Like that was Mm -hmm. super important to me because I'm coming from a standpoint of someone who was very close to someone who was battling with addiction. I know how hard it is. If you're looking to not drink because you actively every day are trying so hard not to, and then you take a sip of a non-alcoholic vodka that's going to just be in your head, just be like, what's going on? Like, it's right. not, helpful. I would think it would trigger the, you know, it would trigger someone probably don't want to yeah. drink. And that's the same with a non-alcoholic beer. It tastes like beer. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, it was like, okay, what can we find that is already on its own, even in its truest alcoholic state is meant to be sabered. And that reminded yeah. me of like a Campari or Aperol, like it's a concentrate. So you're not going to drink a tall glass of Campari ever. So if you think of that, and then on top of that, you know, finding a way to make it taste sophisticated,
0: but not taste alcoholic, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That was the word I was looking for, sophisticated. It's it's very sophisticated. Can you share a little bit, like, I know we're, you know, I like to touch all the arenas, but I think it's so interesting. Like, how, like, did you have a flavor in mind? Like, was there something, like, is there anything specifically regarding the, like, flavors that you brought together that mean something to you or, you know, how did, how did that come about? That like, I know you you told me you tried a lot of things, but there had to have been something like, I wanted it to, you know, to evoke this or, you know, taste a little bit like this or anything like that.
1: I definitely had flavors that I had liked from things I had tried. Um, whether they were alcoholic or non-alcoholic. But I think most importantly, I wanted it to taste sophisticated. So I was trying to work with extracts that would kind of give it that bite that wasn't totally, you know, okay, this feels, tastes alcoholic or trying to find the perfect, I guess, middle ground of, it doesn't taste alcoholic, but it doesn't taste like juice. So given that, you know, that's kind of where we found like ginseng and stuff like that to kind of give it that bite mm. and ginger stuff like that. But for some of the other botanical extracts, I really like rose. I really liked rosemary. I really liked elder, elderflower chamomile. Mm. Those are the things that I, in my everyday life, like I love different teas and, you know, different things. I think just growing up, my mom would make me. And so I think I, you know, I also spoke to people that were chefs or people that mm. were working in kind a of bar that, you know, also had, a more extensive taste palette than even I felt like I had, so you know, would have them try and give me their feedback. So it was also just like me having everyone try it because I think that there's a also a middle ground of okay, this can't just be for the people with the most sophisticated taste palette in the world, like, yeah. and this also can't just be like you know Tropicana. So how do we find something that will taste sophisticated, but also we think everyone will
0: be able to drink, like even right, a it kid? Like a little drink bit of and not yum. be like, you know, right, right, no. Yeah. no so that I'm- was kind of. Yeah. And I think that was achieved. And, you know, just like how fun to like, I think you said you like all the different like variations that you tried until it felt like, like, oh, was nice. that you that was kind of like, this is yeah. it? Like, how did you actually, because it seems like something you would kind of keep tweaking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so oh,
1: many times. And it was funny because it was during COVID. So we can only mail these t- to each other. Um, the formulation specialist that we were working with was in LA and they were mailing it to me. And I spent some of COVID in, you know, LA. I spent some of COVID in New York. I spent some of COVID in the Berkshires or I was in Aspen for a little bit. So I was like having them like track me and we would like send, you know, they would send the different variations Then I would write my notes down and then we'd like, get on a call and I'd be like, you know, and then finally, once COVID was subsiding a bit, we I went in person uh, with one of the gals that works with me and we did kind of like the final tasting. And one of the other big things was the color because some of these non alcoholic spirits are kind of murky and they don't, it might taste good, but no one wants to like that. Also, makes you feel kind of isolated because everyone's like, mm-hmm. What is that? What are you drinking? Like, ew. <laughs> um, so we were like, We want it to be vibrant, red. Um, we want it to be able to packaging wise also stand next to any spirit on a bar cart and feel like it's inclusive of that. Um, mm-hmm. and feel like it's it stands on its own and branding wise it can be taken seriously. So that was definitely a part of that as well.
0: Yeah. No you did a great job with that, you know, whatever experience you got, I don't think it was just the couple years experience you had. I think this is a creative aspect of for you. Yeah. I think there's a genuine gift, you know, in that regard because um you know every piece of it is so thoughtful and and beautiful. There was something, oh shoot, that when we were talking about like the 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 making of it, the formulation, oh, that was it. I wanted, I think you've been a little shy talking about the actual like success that you have had, and I want to give you an opportunity to brag a little bit, you know, I mean, I can name some things, but I don't have the whole list, but you know, this is an exercise in, you know, you sharing and feeling proud of what you're doing, but some of the press that you've gotten, some of the accolades, you know, where can you, you know, what are some of the places that it, shelves that it sits on and just a little bit of that. So I will say
1: it's been awesome that last year, we, I think at this time of last year, we were at maybe a hundred stockists. So that means just stores, restaurants, bars that serve slash sell us. And well, now are First we're of on all, store that
0: store. was a year. Wait, hang on before you get to that next number. So a year after you started, you were in a hundred stores. Like, I don't think- Yeah. We and we didn't launch that. that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we, we started- Two people one and a half Riley um, who works with me she has her own agency so she contracts for us but what's really awesome is that we basically started with no wholesale accounts and people were reaching out to us they were like hey we want to sell you we want to serve you so by I guess this time last year we were at 100 stores and now we're almost at 400 Whee! and that's you know stores restaurants bars coffee shops like that's the beauty of non-alcoholic too is you can serve Maybe it in a anywhere store. yeah
0: you can sell it at a clothing store if you want you don't have to have a so, license to sell it.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, which is great for us because I'd like for it to be, you know, everywhere. I want everyone to have the option to have it. So, yeah. And since you know, we've been so lucky to have such great press. We've been in Vogue, New York Times, Vanity Fair, Forbes, like you know, Wall Street Journal. It really, you name it. And just a and few, that, a, a few, just a few make, tiny little like you know, tiny little publications.
0: Letters. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the, um, the neighborhood newsletter, so right.
1: Yeah. But it's been great. Like it's, it's been um, so crazy to see it all just fall into place like this Mm -hmm. and to see people really enjoy it. I think we were, when we were written up in Wirecutter, I couldn't even believe like she was basically, you know, in other words, just saying that like she never tasted anything like us before, or I don't even remember what the, her exact words were, but it was just like, it was so meaningful to see that because I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't really know that we could ever amount to this when I first started it. Mm-hmm. And it, it does help that I have such a great team. Um, not, so that's definitely how we've gotten here. But it was really cool to see that. And mm-hmm. also, you know, we're in restaurants that range from Blue Hill Farm to French Laundry. Oh, and a couple like Boxtops.
0: minor restaurants.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just <laughs> tiny little local spots again. Um,
0: <laughs> the hot dog of, stand next door. yeah. Right. yeah. But that's, yeah, well, and, and, and let's not leave out that you're going to be at um, the Morgan Lions Mitch Dorama wedding and right. in z- z- you're international in z yeah, <laughs> so now, in international
1: exclusively for the biggest event of the year, obviously, back right. <laughs> um, into Morgan's second wedding. That will be the second biggest event of the year in
0: Chicago. Um, right.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, we, we've put in the work, but you just, that press, like you, you gotta really be great to do that. I think taste wise. And so mm-hmm. that's what I think really made me realize, okay, we're doing something right here. Um, and that's yeah. when we also kind of decided, I think midway through last year to come out with a can.
0: So we have two products now. That's right. You know. I knew oh. I love them both. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about looking ahead now, like Wow! I Didn't think we'd be here, and you know who knew? I yeah. knew I liked it. I know it has this like huge meaning to me. I'm not just doing it do a cool thing, um, but really make a difference. You know what? What do you see ahead? Like, what are your thoughts about where you'd like it? Well, and I'm going to put this in the context of, you know, my work with rewriting the mother code, which is you know underlines that we all mother. You know. We, we choose to mother children, but we mother a career, a product, you know, relationships, um, you know, pets and, uh, you know, dreams. So all along that way. So you gave birth to this and, you know, you conceived, created, gave birth to it. Now you're raising it. And that, you know, is a whole other uh, experience. So if, if, if you're willing to share, not like you have to give away secrets or anything, but just anything that you're thinking about what that might look like. Yeah,
1: well, I feel like I'm mothering this child with uh, like Mm -hmm. my sister wives, like my village. I I definitely could not do it without them. So that's also worth saying, Um, but- I, uh, so shout out to Vivian and Riley. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think that what we're looking at now is, you know, we have been bootstrapping, we've really like squeezed all the juice out of what we can. And we're really, I think have done such a great job, but I think we want to scale with a lot of our other competitors. So I think we'll be looking to fundraise soon. And on top of that, we want to have more products, more options for people. You know, I think we're huge on community, more in-person you know, events, more in-person tastings, meeting more people, talking to more people, more conversation. Like that's really what we're all about. So I think that this new year will bring a lot of that.
0: So, yeah. I love that. I think that feels imminently possible. And, you know, I want to encourage you to like dream big from the perspective of like big impact, you know, and all the, the basis of, of what's possible, you know, from starting you know, with your first child and how, how the family's going to grow and, and yeah. ways, you know, that you're going to nurture. And and the other key aspect, you know, in the rewrite the mother code model or paradigm is the most important person you need to mother is yourself. And so taking care of you, you know, along the way is, you know, I'm just saying that more from my own motherly space, you know, to you, <laughs> I think you've been doing great. So, I you know, I just want to keep encouraging, you know, that aspect that if it starts not being fun, then we need to look at it or, you know, whatever your metric is for like, you know, making sure this is nourishing you and taking care of you, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, already, I think that what's really great about working with people that you know, and you trust and you really love is just that, you know, connection. I think just our team in general, like for Christmas, um, I got Riley and Vivian both card readings. And I think we're all just like energized and excited for the new year. I feel like we always check in with each other. I feel like mm-hmm. we're always uh, really kind to each other, even if we make a mistake. I feel like we're, yeah, we leave a lot of room for forgiveness and respect. And so that's really like what I think has carried us this far on top of many other things. But it's definitely yeah. very important.
0: Well, and I think you're doing a beautiful job laying, you know, the foundation for creating the values and, you know, what's meaningful as you add people, as you add, you know, like you're inviting them into your space and uh, that's going to be, you know, something that they're going to be lucky to like be a part of, you know, in addition to you being able to have more of whatever it is that you need, you know, in that regard. Yeah. Well, I love all of that. So, Someone we know that if you go to French Laundry, you can get Philia. Um, (laughs) If you're invited to the wedding, you can get it there. But otherwise, how can people learn more about the brand? You know where you know can they generally find it, and what are some ways that like wow, you know, I gotta I gotta get me some Philia. Yeah.
1: So we actually, if you go on our website and you click find us on the top right corner, you can just plug in your zip code so you can see all the stores that sell you. I'm sure I know, Perfect. You know you're know you based out of Chicago and we are in Foxtrot in Chicago. So that's kind of like one of our biggest um, grocer retailers. Um, and then we also deliver right to your door. So if you're already on the site and you just don't even want to go outside and you're feeling like back to COVID where everything was delivered mm-hmm. to us. Please go ahead and just order us online. It's the best when our boxes show up to your door, so.
0: It sure yeah. is. They're beautiful and I am a subscriber. Um yes. so I'm, you know, Most, never without my Philia, right? Yeah. So is it you're also on Instagram, but drinkphilia yes. is it drinkphilia.com? Mhm. And drinkphilia on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Drinkphilia yeah. on Instagram. Okay.
1: And our website is drinkphilia.com.
0: Yeah. Okay, perfect. So drinkphilia, I love it. So that's how we can find you. And, you know, in Vogue magazine or, you know, other, other. Yeah, you can always link
1: link to us through any, you know, articles. It's great. Yeah. You can find us. Wonderful.
0: So the last question I always ask um, all my guests is when you hear rewrite the mother code, what comes to mind? There's no wrong answer. You know, just anything that comes to mind when you hear that.
1: Okay. What comes to mind, I guess uh, maybe is just, I guess the expectation or um, I feel like society makes mothering one thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like from the work I've seen you do, and I'm hearing you say that it just feels like, like what you said, it just means so many more things like you mother in so many different ways. You don't actually have to um, have a human child to mother. So I think that Mm -hmm. that's, I guess, Now, you know, in hindsight, thinking about me starting this company or the way that I've taken care of myself in my life when I've had the absence of a parent that's supposed to be my protector and ways that I feel like that's applied in my life. Like I really feel that. So I guess that's what comes to mind.
0: Beautiful. I love, I love asking that question because everybody says something that is spot on, but totally unique to them, you know, and and perfect. And I I love that because I don't think we mentioned what Philia means because it's italian
1: yeah sorry Philia means daughter in italian so yeah. it definitely stems from my own personal story and experience and came to the name and it was just perfect
0: yeah I, I thought it was brilliant i love that so i realized we hadn't said that well lily thank you so so much um thank you for what you're doing your inspiration and i wish you just the utmost of this well-rounded success that we're talking about
1: Thank you so much. And thanks for having me, Gertrude. Such a privilege.
0: Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no. Subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, AKA all women, well, actually, everybody, men included, find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, DrGertrudeLyons.com. I'll see you next time.